All right, here we go on another hot Sunday morning in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp with OnQ Financial Studio every Sunday at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM at 1340 AM, Las Vegas flagship station of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. Although today, as you know, it is a special time, 9 to 10 today, so stick with us. If you haven't heard the show before, we're on at 8 normally, but 9 today. The we also include social media director Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. <laughs> Spencer has earned that theme music, trust me. And along with producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing and being a part of a lot of shows at Lotus Broadcasting Mags, also serves as the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network and the host of the UNLV football pre pregame show on our sister station ESPN Radio Las Vegas. We are also streaming on the LV Sports Network and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Adeline Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp with OnQ Financial Studio line is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's, What's on, on Tap. Tech? Brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp with OnQ Financial is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp with OnQ Financial, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 to get information on all of the home financing options currently available in Nevada. On tap, here are Dan Duva's thoughts on who will replace Riley Smith wearing the A for the Vegas Golden Knights, the Las Vegas Aces get their championship rings, and Raquana Williams was not in attendance for that. We'll talk about that and more as we get to that. The Raiders, full-blown training camp, and Jimmy G is there. All of us, including me, who thought he might not, we might not see him until uh, closer to the season. He's right, rocking and ready and rolling to go. We'll talk about that. So the guy that's not there, Josh Jacobs, we talked about that last week, and Spencer will have more updates on that as well this week. Big fight in Las Vegas. I think most of us know the results of that one. Maybe pound for pound, the best fighter in the world right now. We'll talk about that as well. Also, did you guys know that Dennis Rodman's daughter? is a star for the U.S. national team that probably, for all for all intents and purposes, is going to move on out of group play and into the medal rounds, which is just incredible. She'll, she'll be doing that, uh, I think, uh, Tuesday is their next game. And they play Portugal, a team they've never lost to. We'll talk about that as well. The Aviators are in town trying to stop a skid. And in the NFL, all kinds of things and moves going on. And we'll talk about that as well on tap. Uh, once again, that is what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own, contact Residential Bank Corp with OnQ Financial, the company that is funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 for details on current home financing options available right now in the state of Nevada. Um, guys, long week. I can't believe I'm actually here today because... Um, 
Uh, I was really sick, man. I got food poisoning, a mild case of it. I guess mild case on Friday. I thought for sure I was going to be out, but somehow yesterday I got better. And um, since we're not going to be doing a show next week, I want to make sure to put that out there. I felt probably should get here so we could uh, so we could do a show today. So that's what we got going on. And pretty cool stuff, you know. Not much to talk about when you're talking about hockey at this time of year. Everyone's kind of taking a breather. But one thing that I posed to Dan Duva when I when I guest hosted a sports talk show on another station earlier in the week was who will get the A after Riley Smith. I mean, Riley Smith, the longest standing alternate captain for the Vegas Golden Knights. He got the A in the inaugural season. He's worn it ever since. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about that and hear what Dan and I talked about the other day. It was pretty cool um, when we get to that. But anyways, Spence, go ahead. You might as well just hit it and let's get right to it. Riley Smith, the alternative captain since day one. The guy that's worn a letter on his jersey longer than any other player in Golden Knights history to this point, he leaves. It seems like the heir apparent to the letter would be William Carlson because when either him or Mark Stone has gone out, or I said, excuse me, when either Riley Smith or Alec Petrangelo went out, the A went on William Carlson. But you got guys like Mark, like Martinez, if Alec Martinez looks like he's going to come back for another year. You got a guy like Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson, even though he's younger and a guy that you don't talk a lot about in this role would be a guy like Zach Whitecloud, but his leadership in the locker room, his positivity and desire to win has to make him a consideration, at least in a minor way for that letter as well. Dan, who gets the A in your opinion? Oh, it's a great question. What a great problem to have. And the Knights have, as you listed, so many guys who can wear the A. And I wonder if the choice is forward-looking. I mean, just thinking back to Derek Anglin never wore the C for the Golden Knights, but he was the de facto captain. He addressed the crowd, of course, the first home game, et cetera. He was the guy after clinching the Campbell Bowl in Winnipeg. He was the guy in that position. Um, so do you, do you go toward the veteran with the, uh, the experience and leadership like a Martinez, um, who, by the way, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Alec Martinez. And, uh, or, do you know, Jack Eichel, of course, had been the captain in Buffalo. You figure Jack's going to be around a long time. Uh, you know, obviously Mark Stone's not going anywhere. He's going to have the C for a long time. So, you know, maybe it is someone like Jack. Um, I, that's a great question. I remember Gary Lawless telling me years ago, uh, right when Nick Haig got drafted shortly after, I think it was the following year's training camp, Gary said something along the lines of, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Haig is the captain of the Golden Knights one day. I'm not saying that's going to happen in the near term, but the point is that uh, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon have often talked about not only drafting players, but drafting character. And so the, the result is you've got a lot of guys, up and down veterans, younger players, stars, non-stars, each of whom are respected in that room. Um, so I, I think it's a great uh, discussion to have. I, I, I'm, I'm eager to find out as well how that will break down. Sometimes they rotate the A, as we know, but, uh, you know, there are a number of guys we've talked about here. I, I don't think anybody would quibble with any of the names that we've mentioned. I echo your sentiment, Mr. Dan Duva, regarding Alec Martinez and wishing him a happy birthday. By the way, Mr. Feldman, where is Alec Martinez from? I'm Alec curious. Martinez is from Michigan. Yes, he is. Okay, and who is what's, what's his <laughs> favorite his, football team? His, what is his favorite football team, Detroit my friend? Lions, yes, just it like, is. Just like ours. Dan, I had to toss that out I there. Didn't, I had to throw it out there, Dan. Did, and I didn't know, and I didn't know Alec Martinez yes. and I almost shared the same birthday. I mean, mine was yesterday. His yes. is today, so we're both. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, I appreciate you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> you know, but really cool. And, and I will tell you, you didn't give us an answer who you said was going to wear the A, though. You didn't, you didn't put yourself out there. <laughs> you noticed there. that, did you? Uh, 100%. So I got to put you to the test in your opinion and again no one's going to hold you to this i can't imagine the knights would get mad at you who's going to wear the a 
<laughs> oh, Will Carlson. You know what? I'm, I I was going Will Carlson, and guess what? You talked me into Jack Eichel. <laughs> you did, because eventually Jack Eichel is going to wear a letter in the National yeah, Hockey League. If this yeah. guy stays, he- yeah. stays healthy, he is yeah. he proved. And the cool thing about it. You said it. He proved it. Yep, I agree. I'll I agree. close on this. The cool thing is, I think if they would have given it to Jack and Jack didn't have the postseason he had right now, the fans would have been unhappy about it, and they would have said, yeah. you give Bill Carlson that, that letter. But I think what Jack, <laughs> what Jack, what Jack Eichel did, in the postseason, yeah. I think everyone is warmed up to him. Just like years ago when they booed about Ryan Reeves at the beginning, and he ended up being right. one of their favorite players. Jack right. Eichel has yep. kind of followed mm-hmm. that same exact that same mm-hmm. exact role. Mm-hmm. He is Dan Duva, the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Dan, we hope we got you here for many more years, man. In all seriousness, you do such a great job. Very and, kind. and appreciate you taking the time out to join the show. Dan Duva, Chris, uh, you know, it's funny because before the segment started, I truly was William Carlson because when Alex Petrangelo and uh, O'Reilly Smith have been out, they've given the A to William Carlson. So it would seem that he would be the the obvious heir apparent. But I think is what I told Dan Duva, Jack Eichel is going to wear a letter in the National Hockey League at some point. I mean, the best players always do. They get letters. And there's no question, I think nobody would argue after watching last season that he is the most skilled player on this team, and a lot of times the most skilled player eventually wears a letter. Yeah, it's 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 really an interesting topic because it's not something I had really given too much thought to. Um, I know you guys mentioned Zach Whitecloud, and I think I think my guess is it will be Zach Whitecloud um, for for a variety of reasons. A, he's young. B, he's a guy who is going to be here for a while. See, he's, as you mentioned, his desire to win and his leadership in the locker room, I think for a very young player, I think it's 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 something that you don't see a lot for a guy who who is is that young. The other aspect of it is the road that this kid took to get to the NHL. You know, he he was an undrafted undrafted when he's playing juniors. He went to to Bemidji State, which is not a very big school. Uh, worked his ass off in college to get to the NHL. Came in as a as a free agent out of college, made it made cracked the lineup, and then really has been a stalwart defensively in that lineup. The other aspect is I think maybe potentially you want to groom him to one day be the future captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. I I, I think Zach has that type of uh, ability. I think there's there's the other aspect of it of it for a guy like that he's earned it like Zach Whitecloud has earned it and that's not to say that William Carlson hasn't obviously not to say that Jack Eichel hasn't uh, there's a lot of guys and it, like Dan said it's a good problem to have there's a lot of guys in that locker room who you could put the letter on a guy you guys didn't even mention. It's Braden McNabb. No, I, I, you know, Chris, I didn't mention Braden because I didn't think he would get it, but he's a guy that should be considered. I mean, even a guy like Shea Theodore, yeah. who is becoming I, one of I, the best two My guess is, is it would either be McNabb or, or White Cloud. I think McNabb, because when you talk to the young players, the, oh, the respect the, factor. Well, not the only the respect factor, but eight, here's the other aspect of it the guy doesn't miss any time. Like McNabb. Yep. Doesn't miss games like he he he's he played hurt throughout the Stanley Cup. Yeah, playoffs yeah, he missed. Year. I like the fact that he actually came out of the lineup. Like he and he played a good majority of that Stanley Cup playoff yeah. run with some some bad ribs. I don't and know still if they're blocking shots yeah, left and right. I don't know if they were broken, but they were definitely not 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 well. Yeah. 
Um, so he's a guy I I I I think he's a quiet leader, which I think is good because you have Petrangelo and Stone who are both vocal. You know, Petrangelo is a guy who 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 talks trash um, a lot, and I, I I like that. But he's a very vocal guy. McNabb goes about things quietly, but the other aspect, and and, and here's the thing with McNabb, McNabb comes out and talks to the media a lot. So and 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 so does White Cloud. So that's the other part of being an alternate captain. You have to be willing yeah. to face the media. McNabb is a guy who's been here since day one. He understands us. He gets the city. He gets the crowd. He gets the fans. He gets the ownership. He gets the, what the team wants to do. So I would not be shocked if it was Brady McNabb. Yeah, you know, McNabb, like I said, it's a guy that would make sense as well. With with White Cloud, I think it still may be a bit too early for the 26-year-old defenseman to assume the role of full-time alternate captain. But his time will come eventually. White Cloud has proven himself, as you said, time and time again as the consummate professional through the ups and downs of the NHL. With so many strong candidates in front of him and a slightly older team as a whole, White Cloud is a bit of a long shot again, as I feel. But to Don an A in 2023-24, but before his time is up with the Las Vegas Golden Knights, to me, he's a shoe-in to wear a letter at some point, Chris. And I, and other guys that I think about, although he's much more of a lead-by-example type of guy, Chandler Stevenson, yeah. but another guy you would consider because of his productivity and, and his popularity. Well, you, you have to think long-term here, too. Stevenson, I believe next year is the final year of his contract. He's only making... Well, like they're going to have to pay him. I mean, the bottom so, line is so. The, the the question is, will you be able to afford to pay Chandler Stevenson in in two years because of right what he's done since he's like he's gone from a fourth line nobody to an all star to a guy that would be on the first line in a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. NHL I mean, now. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, like his his productivity has gone way up. And yeah. look, maybe, maybe look. I, I mean, I can't predict the future. Well, you maybe know the guy they, wants to stay here. If they, but. You know, he, he, look, if I'm him, my thought process is I've won two Stanley Cups. I've ne- I have not made a ton of money in this league. All about the money. Yeah. It's got to be, and I don't blame him. But I think that would be a sign if the Knights did award him the A, that would be a sign that they're going to make a play to keep and he's, him. And he's another but, guy who doesn't miss games. But to me, Jack Eichel, the biggest thing, he's a former captain. He already was a captain of the Buffalo Sabres. And, again, the second pick behind the greatest player in the NHL right now and one of the greatest players ever in Connor McDavid. He was picked behind him at number yeah. two. In most drafts, he would have been the first player picked. I, I, so, I wonder, though, if if he wants it. Well, what about a guy like this? Now, I know he's probably only going to play one more year, but to give him his just dessert going out, how about Alec Martinez? You don't yeah, consider don't, him at all? I I don't know. I, I, I think they don't want to. My my guess is you would not want to have to make another change next year. Right. So That's the reason I wouldn't say that. Um, look, I mean, the, 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 and look, with Marcheseau, too, Marcheseau's a guy who could get it, but next year's the last year of his deal. Yeah. That's so, another guy I thought of, but Marcus is also 32 years old. Yeah. How so, much longer he's going to play. And with William Carlson, Chris, where I don't think he'll be the captain, it is because he doesn't like talking to me. He's a really nice guy. Like, he's great. But he would prefer just to go out and play hockey. He'd prefer yeah. not well, to have to deal. And that's why, like, I know Eichel comes out and, look, I, they, you're talking about a guy who's faced the fire. Like, he was a guy who, who was out there talking to us. And, you yeah. know, the, the funny thing is I read a quote from him. And I guess he he did not have a great relationship with the media in Buffalo. Um, Buffalo, look, a tough town to play in. Look, nobody's going to deny that. It, it's it's a it's a hard city to live in. I know a lot of people from Buffalo. The weather, the the fact that most of the industry has left, 
It's it's a tough place. And the media gave Eichel a hard time there. Maybe yeah. undeservedly gave him a hard time. I'll say here, he, he's been a consummate pro, you know, and, and I, saw, I saw a quote from him where he said, yeah, the media in Vegas is actually pretty cool. So it, it was kind of cool to see a guy like him say that about us where, you know, his relationship in Buffalo with the media was was not very well. And, you know, I, I, I would attest that probably a lot of that is due to the media in Buffalo. I yeah. don't know. I, don't, I, I wasn't there, but I'm guessing, you know, as much losing as the city of Buffalo has had to endure – and the heartbreak that city has had. I mean, like I said, I know a lot of, like, you know, like half the people in the media in this town are from Michigan. I grew up, and, and not grew up, but I know a ton of people from Buffalo. I know a couple of Buffalo and, and, I mean, I look, look, if the Bills weren't in the division with the Jets, I'd, I'd, I'd want them to win the Super Bowl every, you know, at least once. But the fact that the Jets have to go through them every year, I'm sorry, guys, but Sabres as well. I mean, you and I are old enough to remember the Brett Hull goal that shouldn't have counted that basically took a Stanley Cup. I mean, I'm not going to say that Sabres going to win that game, but it basically screwed them out of a chance to win that game. So, um, it, 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 and obviously Scott Norwood, all that, that poor guy, it's, it's a tough place. You know, you used to have an NBA franchise. They left many, 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 many years ago. I don't even know what, what did they, what did they become? I don't even know. What were they? Buffalo Braves? I don't, I, I don't even know who they became. Maybe the Clippers. I have no idea. But just a tough place to play and a tough place to live. And look, it's depressing. You grew up in a cold place with lots of snow. There they get even more snow and it's a lot colder. They're on the wrong side of the lake. So Eichel, Eichel could be, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I just wonder if he wants it. Like maybe he just wants to play hockey. Focus on hockey. Not not so much the the duties of being a captain or an alternate captain. Yeah, you know, I I think I still think, and I I heard what you said completely. I I don't. It's not about him focusing on something. It's about deserving it, and and the Golden Knights showing respect for one of the best players in the game today. And that's why I just think it's going to be Jack Eichel. Plus, I think they've committed to him long term, and he's a guy at his age that can play for a while for the the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's why I think when it's all said and done, when the smoke clears, even though he's not one of the originals, he really last year was his first full season for the most part with the Vegas Golden Knights, I still think he's going to be the guy, and I think it's a perfect, you know, it just it just sets it up where you've got, like you said, Alex Petrangelo, one of the best defensemen in the league, and a guy that is very vocal, trash talks, but will talk to the officials, and can be a spokesman, comes out and meets the media. Mark Stone, without question, not just the most emotional guy on the Vegas Golden Knights, but one of the most emotional guys in the National Hockey League, and I think because of that reason, he got the C initially, and I think Jack Eichel just fits the mold. He's that good of a player, Everyone in the league respects his ability on the ice now, especially after what he did last season and then through the playoffs in the Stanley Cup final. I think Jack Eichel gets to see. Just my opinion on that, and we'll see what happens. Um, moving over to the Las Vegas Aces, uh, Friday night the Aces were awarded their championship ring. I think Spencer has a picture of that with the rings, and he can put it up. Uh, one of, uh, uh, matter of fact, the guy who I co-hosted a show on Tuesday got a ring for being the play-by-play announcer for the Vegas Golden Knights. T.C. Martin, and uh, what a beautiful ring that, that thing is. I mean, those are really nice. 
packed with diamonds. Looks like it's awful heavy to uh, wear. But, um, Spencer, if you can put one up, I don't know if you've got one there. You can take a look at what the uh, Las Vegas Aces first championship ring goes looks like. And um, I'll, I'll go way out on a limb and say we're going to get to know in about a year from now what the second championship ring looks like because I cannot see this team getting beaten in any kind of a series. One game, they're beatable. Anybody's beatable on one game. In any kind of a series, a five-game series, I just don't see how you beat the Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces. The closest teams to them are four games back, which is really surprising with their record being 22-2. And, two. and uh, the, the Dallas Wings, who they play today, are eight games back in the Western Conference. No chance of catching it, but right now they're ranked fourth and looking like they, they have a good chance of making the playoffs. There's the ring you can see Spencer showing it right now. They are absolutely ridiculous, riddled with diamonds. And, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Aces got to be really happy with that. Mark Davis definitely spared no expense when it came to that, their practice facility. This guy really invests in his teams. And you know what? If I'm a player in, like, the WNBA... I want to play for Vegas. Or, or even the Raiders. I want to play for this guy. He yeah. is committed. You win for him. You go out there and give him your all. He shows up at the games. This is an owner that is at every home Aces game. You never don't see him there. He's at every home Raiders games. He travels to half of their away games. This guy is vested in his teams like never before. And, you know, as big as the National Football League is, and there's no question the Raiders are the bread, when I say the bread and butter, they are the, the marquee of what he owns. Yeah, of but, course. But he says it's 1A, 1 and 1A. I mean, he loves the, the Las Vegas Aces, and it's funny, funny is maybe a bad play on words, but with the departure of Kobe Bryant a couple of years ago, I mean, the WNBA took a huge hit. There's never been a yeah. spokesman or an advocate like that guy for the WNBA. But I'll tell you what, Mark Davis is a pretty big name. And Mark Davis really spends a lot of time talking about the WNBA, and that doesn't hurt him, Chris. Well, you know, it's it's a thing where Mark Davis, I mean, I remember he was at the games before he owned the team. He was going to the games as a fan, and he was there supporting mm -hmm. the Aces and, you know, putting his money into the organization, even as a fan, because he sat courtside. So I'm sure that those tickets were, were not inexpensive, um, you know, but... but and maybe it's because I just don't follow the NBA enough, but I don't know any of their owners in the WNBA. Like, I, I know him. There's a, a tr the, the team that owns the Connecticut Sun is actually oh, an Indian tribe, right? Yeah, they're, they're uh, owned by the by Mohican, Mohican Sun. Mohican Sun, yes. So like, it's a, that's a conglomerate, right? Yeah. It's it's an organization. Well, I'm it's just a, trying to think of another it's owner. It's a corporation. Right. I'm, like, kind of perplexed, like, too. But, like, the fact that Mark Davis is, is so invested into the Aces, and, and not just the Aces, the WNBA— I mean, look, he's brought the All-Star game here twice. It should be here every year because my guess is every single player would rather come here for the All-Star game than, than any of the other cities in the WNBA. No offense to, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of great cities in the WNBA. I mean, I love Chicago. D.C. is a fantastic town. Great, great sports town. But I'm guessing the players want to come here. They want to play in Vegas. And look, here's the other aspect of it. Outside of, uh, outside of Dallas... It's the only team where you're not paying state tax. So with the increase in games now, you get additional home games. You're getting a little more in your paycheck when you play in Las Vegas. And in a league like the WNBA where, where let's be honest, the players are they're, they're doing well, but they're not making nearly as much as other sports leagues around the country. That's a big deal for, for because a lot of these girls will go play overseas They'll go play in Turkey. They'll go play in, in, well, I don't know if any of them are going to play in Russia anymore, but they were going to play in Russia. So 
you know, that extra few dollars in your paycheck means a lot more. So I think the the rings are incredible. Like I, I saw our buddy um, who, who, who got one and it was very cool to see that. And, and I'm happy that he got one. Um, I had a feeling he would. I mean, look, I, I, I don't know if I've talked about it. It's funny because the guy's from Buffalo. He's actually, he actually grew up with Fran Riordan, who is the manager of the, of the aviators. Yeah. They played little league baseball together. Him and him and my, one of my really good friends. And he's a scout for the Kansas City Royals. His championship ring when they won the World Series, first of all, when they won the the AL AL um, the 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 pennant and lost to the Giants in the World Series, he got a ring for that for an AL Champions ring. Not very. It was nice, but it it, it was paled. Well, you'd, you'd rather have one of those than nothing. Yeah, but but, but paled no. in comparison. I've worn the ring, and I could tell you, it it weighs probably three pounds, and. The the value is so high on the ring that he the guy lives in Taiwan. It was so uh, value that was over what the country allowed to be imported in. So he had to go to Japan to meet up with his boss from the Royals to get the ring and wear it back into Taiwan. They 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 would not allow it through customs because it was over a certain amount of money. That's crazy. That's and we're, and we're talking about country, yeah. So it, it, it's pretty impressive. And I, I mean, look, I don't know what other WNBA championship rings look like. I'm guessing this is the best one it's, that's it's, ever been made. I'm telling you right now, this is as nice. I look at because Tom Brady receives a picture of him wearing all seven of his Super Bowl championship rings, and. This is as nice as any one of those rings. I've got replica rings at home that I got for all the Detroit teams. This reminds me of like Nicholas, one of Nicholas Lidstrom's rings. Where it was just all diamonds in the yeah. red rings. It's insane how nice yeah, this I, ring is. I, 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 the I one, expected the there one to be thing, a couple of rubies and some colors. Yeah, in there. that's what I was going to say. I, I, I wish the Aces logo would have had some, some, some red in it. Uh, so the black garnet or whatever they call it, but, some rubies or something. Yeah, would but, have been but look, cool. I mean, if it's all diamonds, I think you'd rather have that. <laughs> I'm not complaining as, with as that a ring. player. I think you'd rather have that than yeah. than just the but than just some rubies to to make it look prettier. But look, I mean, look, it, it, I I would imagine that that there will be like almost like the Golden Knights, where there, where there's tons of players who want to come here. I think the Aces are in a situation where they're a because of Mark Davis, he's very very visible, and he's a very good owner, and he's very he's fully invested into this organization. You will have players who will want to come play here when, and I'm not talking about like your, your bench players. I'm talking about star players. Oh no, for sure. It, it, like you said, number one, Mark Davis, number two, it's Las Vegas. And, and number three, Las Vegas aces are about to become the first ever profitable team yeah. during an entire I mean, look, WNBA if, if, season. Let's, let's be honest. If there was no salary cap in the WNBA, the aces would be would oh, be an all star team. I mean, they already are. But no, you're you're 100 right. And if they if there was no cap in the league, you know, it would be a different. It but would that's be a different if, if I'm a fan, I want an owner like Mark Davis. Oh, I want an sure. owner like Bill Foley. Bill Foley has said on a, on multiple occasions he'll spend all the way up to the salary cap. He's these these guys are not owners who are going out and trying to cheap the fans 
to make money. No, you know, Chris, and on top of that, we know that we're very close to having the A's here. A team they that better step is notorious up. for underspending yeah. and overproducing because of the guy Billy Bean, who is Mr. Analytics, but that team is going to have to start spending money to come to Vegas to compete and get fans in the seats, and whoever the, the NBA team is, which eventually we know, we know with Adam Silver's love of Las Vegas, yeah. there's a short list. Whether it's an expansion team or a matter. relocated the team. The owner is going to have to take a, you know, yeah. before you be, before you decide to buy the team that's going to come to Las Vegas, you better be willing to make them a winner because the expectations in this town are huge based on what the Aces, their early success, and it's, it's unprecedented what the Vegas Golden well, Knights like, have done. I, I mean, I think in, in, in terms of the way sports go, I mean, Dan Snyder is, is an exception because he's just a scumbag of a human being. But you look at some of the owners throughout the history of sports that, that we've all come to know. Guys like Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones. I mean, we could go back to George Steinbrenner. I was going to say, George, Al the, Davis. I mean, yeah, the, the Al Davis. Of the you know, these guys were all fans yep. of the team no doubt. that they owned. They cared no because they were – because. A, it's their team. Even though the Bears didn't win a lot of championships, George Halas, yeah, you got to yeah. put him in that. I mean, so he was well, a, they they won championships. They didn't but, win a yeah, they they won only won one Super Bowl. Yeah, one but, super, but you uh, go not back under to his tutelage. But, yeah, so yeah. like, you know, the, you look at the ownership throughout sports who've won and won a lot. Yeah, and I know Jerry Jones hasn't won since in thirty years, but the guy still got three Super Bowls, and that doesn't happen by accident. You 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 have to have an owner. Who cares about the product on the court, on the ice, on the field? And Mark Davis is that guy. Like, like he's a fan before he's an owner. And that's the that's the part about Mark Davis that I think is really cool because some of these guys, you look at you know, teams that don't win, you don't even know who their owners are. Like I I, no, I, I, I feel bad for Shad Khan, who owns the Jaguars, because I think he I think he wants to win. Problem is Jacksonville just sucks. Nobody well, wants to play there. Uh, you never know. They're they're getting better. They won a playoff game last year. They got year, Trevor Lawrence. And they've got a great quarterback and, and a decent defense. They're coming up. I, but I, 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 my I, guess is if they did not play in Jacksonville, they would probably win a lot more. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, great owners, too. You look at another one. You know, how good did the Redskins used to be? Excuse me, but they were the Redskins when Jack Kinkut owned them. And that he was an owner that was completely dedicated to winning. Yeah. Paid Joe Gibbs at the time more than any other coach in NFL well, was history it, was it? because of how good they were. Well, who's the old? Barlow old yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Old owner of the 49ers, 49ers yeah. Who, who literally put that program on the map by yeah. dedicating himself to winning. So, yeah, there's some great owners. Real quickly with the rest of, you know, regardless. Starting the Aces as well. Asia Wilson, five consecutive games now with 20-plus points. You know, one thing I don't want to elaborate on this. I talked a little bit about it on Tuesday. But one thing is, you know what's crazy is you talk to people around town and in Vegas, and they all know who Asia Wilson is. I have talked to friends of mine that are pretty knowledgeable in sports and said, hey, Asia Wilson, they didn't know who she was. Yeah. That blows my mind. Now, they knew who Candace Parker was. They know who Brittany Griner is. Well, Candace, but, well, well, look, but, though. But, Candace Parker is on TNT. No, no, during, but what during... I'm saying is... Asia Wilson is the face of the WNBA yeah, right and, now, and how do people not know who she is? Well, yeah, like you ask the average, like if I walk, now in Seattle, everyone's going to know her. Now I'm guessing in New York, a lot of people will know Brianna Stewart. Yeah, of course. But, but you go to the, the Miami and you ask people who Brianna Stewart is? They don't know. 
Atlanta. That's well, see, maybe Atlanta. They have a they right. have a franchise, but that's, but that's the problem, and that that that's what I'm saying is not enough people know. Well, the league the league has done better. They're getting better, and and this year aces win back to back championships. They turn a profit. My point is, people, uh, it is going to become yeah, maybe but, but not a look, household I mean, name, but if you know sports, you will start knowing. Asia the Wilson's stars. on. She's on the bag of of, of chips. Yeah. First female athlete to be on the bag of ruffles. So that's really cool. You know, that's a that's a big step. But you know, the other thing about her, I saw on the television the other news the other day. I think I was watching Fox Five, and. The Aces did a breast cancer awareness screening, and there was like a um, like a, a trailer set up where women would come in, and I guess they were getting screened for breast cancer. But Asia Wilson was out there, like the star of the the biggest star in the WNBA is out there locally raising awareness for breast cancer. Well, that's the thing. What we talked about is she's such a community person. She's a perfect face for this league. She needs to be more recognizable by the general public. And I think if they win their back-to-back championships, yeah, the direction she'll get a lot more, is, lot no, more airplay no on ESPN, ESPYS, all that and stuff. And somebody who's gotten a lot of airplay for the wrong reason, second time around now, Raquana Williams arrested Tuesday, facing nine domestic violence charges. Second incident with the law. The first time, if you remember, back in 2019 when she was with the LA Sparks. Um, this is a huge problem, and it's not something that should be taken lightly by any means. You are talking about right now, if you look, um, this woman has, I mean, there's nine charges. You're talking about, you know, uh, one felony count of assault with a deadly weapon, one felony count of coercion, and four misdemeanor counts of domestic battery. That's just unacceptable. And, I mean, the fact of the matter is, was there a harsh enough punishment in 2019 when Williams, who then again played for the Los Angeles Sparks, was arrested in Florida on charges of burglary with assault or battery and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. I just don't understand this. And again, you know, one of the things, and Spencer and I talked about this earlier today. We went and had breakfast this morning before the show, and we talked about this. You know, the bottom line is Brittany Griner kind of pushed under the rug about 2015 when she beat the hell out of her girlfriend who also played in the NBA, WNBA at the time. When she went to Russia, we all kind of forgot about that. She's a national hero right now, and yet well, she's a former... Let's, let's, I don't think no, she's... I mean, there's uh, a lot of people say, who hate her. But there is, but still, when I say a national... She's a national figure, let's yes, put it that way. Yes, and yeah. not a in, prominent figure and, in the WNBA, yes. Chris, and in a positive light, a prominent figure in a positive light. Should she be in a positive light when you remember back to 2015, when she severely beat the hell out of her girlfriend. No! Yeah, and everyone that's... kind of forgot about that. Yes, we all feel bad. Completely unjustified what happened to her in Russia. One of the most ridiculous things we've ever experienced. Just stupid for a vape pen. But in the same respect, do you revere someone that is a former domestic batterer? I don't know. Well, I, I'll, I'll start by saying I believe people can change. Um, and, and Brittany Griner has not had any issues with that since. I mean, we're talking eight years ago now. I mean, that's. Not, I want to be but, real. Public issues, Chris. I mean, let's yes, just be. Yes. Let's call it real. But, but but people can change. Obviously, Raquana Williams has not learned her lesson. No. And my my opinion on it is domestic violence in any regard is a horrific thing. Yeah. I know it's it's because I have cops in my family. It's the call that they all hate showing up for the worst, most. The worst one. It's the worst because you never know what you're walking Temporary into. Temporary insanity gets gets accepted yes. more in a courtroom for domestic violence than any I, other I, criminal offense. I, I, I will say this, too, that I feel like the aces need to step up and suspend her. I think with, they will. With, without pay. I think they will. And I think the WNBA 
needs to go a step further, and they need to suspend her and as well. Her. Well, I, I think she's she's certainly entitled to due process. Raquana Williams is okay, absolutely so, okay. So, so you say but, wait till see what happens. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is you suspend her without pay for the time being, and allow due process to run its course. If she's not, if if she's found not guilty, I think at that point you 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 give her the back pay. But there's a lot on the table here, Brian, and it's it's a really nasty situation again, again, three what four years later. Yeah. So. Brittany Griner, while she has not gotten herself into trouble with the law outside of the nonsense in Russia. Well, she was away for a year. That's one yeah, year she yeah. couldn't get herself but in trouble. But. She has not had issues off the court here in the States since that issue Correct. in 2015. Correct. So I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. Correct. I do with too. Raquana Williams, I'm not willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because it's been no. only four years Chris. since an incident, which probably should have had her suspended for a while from the WMEA to begin with. And now, now, I understand that that I guess the charges were dropped or whatever. Look, University of Texas fired Chris Beard for a an, an incident with which involved strangling. From what I understand, there was some strangling or some some right. some some issues well, Chris, with with the, the throat of the of the other person here. Look, the WMEA, the Aces, you guys got to do the right thing, especially for a league and a team that puts so much value on being a sport that young women, young girls, teenagers. I go to Aces games. There's young girls six, seven years old in the stands. You have to send a positive message to these young ladies that you have their back. And I think what will happen is I think eventually she will be suspended without pay. I think she'll be suspended by the WNBA. And I think she. You know, depending on what happens in, in this situation, she's probably going to be looking at some jail time if, if she's found guilty of these charges. Yeah, Chris, and like I said, the bottom line is every NFL player that goes through this, they get fined dramatically. Now, I understand they don't make nearly as much money in the WNBA. but That, you that gotta, shouldn't matter. you got to fine her something Listen, if she's found it, guilty. It doesn't matter if you make no, $250,000 a year or, or $25,000 right, a what year. What I'm saying is we didn't talk about a fine. She, if she's found guilty, on top of missing all that pay, she should be fined on top of it. It's a serious incident, but we've seen athletes time and time again get away with it. Chris Beard is a the collegiate level, things are handled way differently at the collegiate level than at the professional yeah, level. Yeah, but the but you're University of Texas guys, wasted zero time. You're talking about guys that are that are playing in the NFL, still making tons of money, Joe yeah. Mixon, and guys out there. Yeah, I mean, that, we saw Joe Mixon punch a girl on, on video. On video, and he's playing in the NFL right now, which which to me, I mean, is shocking, but we've seen that in the in the history in the NFL time and well, time I again. Mean, I mean, uh, Ray Rice. That Ray that Rice. was that was the well, moment Rice, I think at where, the end of his career, no one brought him back. But you got what's the guy that just got let go by Cleveland for the last couple of years? Uh, the the backup back played in Kansas City that had a problem. God, I can't think of his name now. Mac, uh, uh, the, the running back Spencer, chime in. Who's the running back for Kareem Hunt? Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt, another yeah. one that's that's in the league right now. I mean, these things have to stop, and you've got to make these players pay for what they've done more than a slap on the on the wrist and a little fine and a game suspension is that really worthy of beating the hell out of another human being especially when you're a professional athlete and you are trained and you, your body is sculpted it is a completely unfair thing and these guys and girls should be thrown to the wolves when it comes to that and I'm sorry about it it's something that needs to be addressed it, it, more it, it, more. it really it really bothers me and you know we could go back to to, to urban Meyer 
what and the garbage that he was pulling at, at that he pulled at Ohio yeah. State with the assistant coach. Um, look, there, there's no excuse for it. I'm a big believer. If you put your hands on anyone, you need to you need to suffer the consequences of that. I don't I don't believe in in, in hitting people. I don't believe in especially your 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 partner, somebody that you your call, spouse. You say I love you, and then you give them a black eye. Yeah, I mean, like like to I me, mean, that, how does that work? Like man? I I have zero tolerance for that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and the, I I think a a big part of the problem in all of this is. For whatever reason, and I, I've never been involved in this because I, I like I just said, I don't believe in, in in that at all. I've never put my hands on anyone as an adult. But I will say this: a big part of the problem is in many of these cases, just like Chris Beard, right? He choked out someone. Charges dropped. Yeah, it's 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 it, Chris. It's 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 an ongoing forever story. It's, it's and, sickening. And I could say as an adult, that. I played hockey until I was almost forty years old. I've definitely put my hands on other but adults. But that's different. But that's I'm playing different. sports. You're, so, you're not beating up your spouse. Right. No, no. That, that's the whole thing. You don't put hands on, on especially opposite sex. I mean, th- there should never be a fight. It doesn't matter, opposite sex or not. You shouldn't put your hands on your spouse. No, no, ever. no, no I agree. But no, I, I'm I'm just saying. You know, like uh, uh, the male female thing. Unless a woman is trained biologically, we're completely made up different. It's yeah, not, I mean, look, not, I, I, I've, 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 I've had I've had significant others who who became violent with me, me throw, throwing. You, you walk I, away. I, as I had do. I had an ex girlfriend who who threw a shoe at me. <laughs> I've had worse. You than know, that. and 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 I'm that's that's just off. And and you I don't know mean what? To laugh, but you, I, you you have to you have to be a bigger person, and you cannot allow you you to, to lose control of your emotions. You cannot do that, and. If you do, you need to suffer the consequences. Suffer the assault, consequences and assault is a, a very nasty thing. It is. And, and, and you need to pay the price for that. She does. And, and, and if Raquana Williams is found guilty, look, if there's evidence, I don't even think she needs to be found guilty. If there's evidence, the WNBA and the Aces can take it a step further and they can do dish out the punishment. Right. And 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 basically, look, if, if this is something that, that's happened again, She's got to be out of the league. No, I 100% agree with you, and I think we will see justice, for the most part, served as far as professionalized goes. She is a second-time offender, and both times, we're talking about weapons, were involved both times. I mean, for God's sakes, that is ridiculous. With someone that you claim as a partner, you use weapons on top. It's just unbelievable. The whole situation is crazy, and yeah, I hope we see her get her just deserved. Aces, again, play today at, against the Dallas Wings. The only team that they are 500 against, one of the teams that have given, they gave them their first loss of the season. Both games have been within seven points. They they won at home by two points, or excuse me, they won on the road by, or no, they won at home by two uh, by five points and lost on the road by two. Dallas Wings can play with the Aces, but I think we'll see the Aces step up and win their sixth straight game tonight. Asia Wilson out of her mind again, 20 plus points in the last five games. Real quickly, Spencer, I want to bring you in. We're running a little behind, but the bones, man. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, you were right. I mean, you said, you know, you think it was all hype, and Jimmy Garoppolo will be there for day one. Well, he wasn't just there for day one. He was there for day one of training camp, full participant right off the get-go. It looks like the foot's healed. Yeah, it does, and uh, that is a surprise to a lot of people. But, you know, I talked about that with you yesterday and that I just think that the news cycle is – it gets really slow in the off season and uh, these beat writers, I follow them all for the Raiders or you can call them beat writers or whatever Twitter talking heads. And uh, there's just a lot of hype and rumors going around. And, you know, honestly, I believed a little bit of it too. Uh, I was like, is he going to play? Is Tom Brady going to step in? But 
I don't think this front office would have done all of this dramatic, you know, bringing him in, the big signing, uh, not knowing that he was going to be ready for week one. So it's cool to see. Uh, there's already a lot of discourse online about it, you know, whether or not he'll be able to throw a deep ball or anything. There's all these little Twitter videos going around. But even though, like, training camp has started, I do think that also just falls into the category of it's a slow news cycle. It's training camp. It won't be until preseason, I think, when things really start to ramp up, although – for the case of the Raiders, I don't think we'll ever see Jimmy Garoppolo through a preseason pass for the Raiders. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I don't... we're going to see him play in the preseason either, Spence. I just don't see it happening. Josh Jacobs not in camp, and now the trade rumors have started. I hear he might go to the Arizona Cardinals. I hear the Miami Dolphins are interested in him. I mean, there's there's definitely teams. I, I can't imagine most teams wouldn't be interested in Josh Jacobs if they can get him for the right price. But how concerning is this? I mean, it goes back to what we talked about. Running backs are just not that important to a team. They feel they're replaceable. You know, a great running back, you might get five, six seasons out of at the very best. Most of them have about a three to four year shelf life. And you just saw Jonathan Taylor requested a trade after not receiving a new deal with the Colts. He is entering his fourth and final year of his rookie deal. He should should make just over $4 million this season, and that ranks 18th at the running back position this year. Um, and when, As a matter of fact, uh, Ursay basically said, we're not going to trade Jonathan Taylor. That is a certainty. Not now or not in October. We'll play what Jim Ursay had to say in a minute, but um, you know, right now as far as since 2020, touches, yards from scrimmage, and touchdowns scored, he ranks fourth in the National Football League um, in all of those categories, and yet he's paid by as the 18th running back. Uh, running backs, it just, I think, Spencer, teams feel like they can let him go, and it kind of feels to me right now that the the Raiders are, 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 are doing that standoff with Josh Jacobs, and they're just not going to come to terms. Well, I mean, they, they were at a standoff, but it did come out this week where it's not confirmed, but it also hasn't been, de- been denied by anybody uh, that they offered him $12 million a year. Turned it down. Maybe it, was the, maybe it was the length of time it didn't like. I don't know if it was a – it didn't sound – it sounded like a multi-year deal. So maybe it was a two-year $12 million, and he maybe won in three or four years. But the reality is he's just not going to get it. And, I mean, it, he lost all of his leverage when Saquon Barkley signed for like a million dollars more than the, than the uh, franchise tag. That, that was it for him. He left the city, and honestly, it's kind of leaving a bad taste in my mouth. He's really one of the last ones, other than Zach Martin, I think, for the Cowboys, is also still in the holding out phase where he's missing training camp. But it just doesn't send the right message for the team. And I, it's also easy for me to say that. I know he poured his heart and soul out for the team last year, and I think that's where a lot of the you know begrudging comes from, where he felt like, I earned everything last year. I played injured so many weeks, and he really did in the middle. But at the same time, is that not just another reason maybe not to sign him for a super long deal that, yes, he did play through those injuries last year, but if you give him a four-year deal, he's dealing with those same injuries this year. Maybe he sits out. I think that's just – I think $12 million was a pretty fair deal uh, for him. I, I'm not really sure why he didn't take it. I think his agent is a little bit too aggressive, and I just this is the consequences of these things. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with that, Spencer. I think that uh, you know the wear and tear that he took on his body last year is definitely term reasons for concern. And we saw by my old Michigan State alumni, the Pittsburgh Steeler running back, when he decided to sit out a year, never was the same and disappeared. And I don't know that you want to sit out at this stage of your career if you're Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it might heal up your body, but for some reason, I think when you take a year off the 
speed of this game is immense. You just can't take a full year off and expect to come back and be the same player unless maybe you're 23 or 24 years old. And Josh Jacobs' body has been taking a beating for a few years here, here now. That is, is of concern, and I think that's why the Raiders, Mark Davis, they're like, hey, you know, $12 million for two years is what we're going to give you. And he's saying no. Um, I don't know whether they're finding him the $50,000 a day. I know they have the right to. I know they're doing that to Zach Martin in Dallas, but Jerry Jones has made it pretty clear they will come to terms. I mean, you mentioned Zach Martin. You know, he has been called for holding only once in three seasons. Guys, let that resonate for a second. The guy has played almost every game in three seasons as a starting offensive guard for the Dallas Cowboys and has been called for holding one time. That is almost unheard of. This guy is probably the best interior lineman in the NFL, and I don't blame him for holdout. He said he is woefully underpaid. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro selection for the Cowboys. They've got to pay him, but Jerry Jones pretty much came out and said, hey, it's so funny because Zach Prescott came out and said, pay the man about Zach Martin, but it's funny. Last year when his buddy, Ezekiel Elliott, wasn't getting paid, you didn't hear him saying the thing about pay Ezekiel Elliott. They were drafted the same season and really good friends. But Ezekiel Elliott does not protect Dak Prescott. Zach Martin does, and he's a guy that I feel will be signed for them in the near future. Um, a lot of other changes. Uh, you know, the, the the big thing for the Raiders. We mentioned it last week, Spencer, and I think I think it's a big get for them. Is uh, you know, and and I, and I think you know, people were questioning you know how big it was going to be for the Raiders to be able to get Marcus Peters. I think it was a big get for them, and I think it really shores up. And one of the areas of weakness, their defensive secondary, to me might be one of their strengths on defense now no it, it was really exciting uh, I don't know if he's you know he's obviously probably a little bit past his prime but I think he brings an attitude to the secondary that no one really had uh, there were a few year, few good years uh, where Rocky and say had a pretty decent season these guys just don't seem to stick around unfortunately but I do like it Marcus Peters already talking garbage so that's just kind of the way that he is and I think he's going to be really good next to Nate Hobbs. And I just really can't wait to see who emerges next. Is it going to be Ja'Korian Bennett, who they picked up in the fourth round? Is it going to be Amik Robertson, who shows some flashes? I love Tyler Hall last year. All of these guys are going to be fighting for position. And I just think that makes training camp so much more competitive, even if Marcus Peters just stick around for one year. It's a one-year deal. But I think it's going to pay extreme dividends because I think they're going to want to try to keep couple of these guys I, I tend to lean towards Tyler Hall and Jacorian Bennett but I haven't seen Jacorian play at all those are some of the things that are just gonna be really fun to watch before the season starts I couldn't, I agree, couldn't. agree with you more um I'm gonna blow off playing the thing Jim Irsay said I said I was gonna play it he basically just you know talks about how the NFL rolls on if he, he he says in the interview if he died tomorrow and Jonathan Taylor isn't a member of the Colts the NFL is gonna continue the Colts are gonna continue and it just goes on and that's that's professional sports man so uh Jonathan Taylor another guy that, that needs to play only in his fourth season, and I understand he's at the end of his rookie contract, but I've always thought, you know, get something in the works, but play out your contract, man. Next, real quickly, Spencer, getting right to it, I also got a chance on Wednesday to talk to um, or excuse me, Tuesday, to Wednesday or Tuesday, I guess it was Wednesday, to talk to Doug Brumfield, the junior quarterback of the UNLV Rebels, uh, with their new coach, Barry Odom, talk to him about how he's going to do, you know, the big knock on Doug Brumfield is his, his, his injury, injury laden. Last year, he got hurt uh, midway through the season. He started tremendous. It looked like this guy was going to be great. He was never the same when he came back from injury. The big thing about Doug, excuse me, Doug Brumfield, he's a big guy, long, lanky, and skinny, that is probably a problem. He's got great elusive, you know, he's elusive. But in the same respect, when you're tall and lanky, you're a big target. And 
He put on 25 pounds of bulk in the offseason. That is hard to do, man, 25 pounds. I talked about that and about Barry Odom. Chris Wynn joined me on the show on the T.C. Martin Show on Wednesday, and this was that interview with Doug Brumfield. It's very well at the quarterback position when you can put it all together. Uh, I want to welcome him to the show. He's on the air right now. Doug Brumfield joining the show right now, junior quarterback of the UNLV Rebels. What's going on, Doug? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Oh, you know, having a good day. It's been awful hot here in Vegas the last couple of days, so I'm always happy when I'm inside in air conditioning, and I'm sure you are too because you're probably getting outside pretty quick uh, as you are every day right now. Doug, uh, this is a new season, a new regime. Before we get started at all, you, you decided to stay at UNLV. A junior, you've got two potential years in front of you of college football. What made the decision for you to stick it out? I'm really just the fact that I stayed here. And I put in so much work with my guys that I really just couldn't see myself letting all that go to waste. You know, um, I put years of college football into this city, and I feel like it's time to make it pay off. Well, Doug, I think, you know, UNLV, their fans, everyone's looking forward to that. What was it like? Because you kind of saw the transition when you got here. You got to be one of the first guys to play at Allegiant Stadium. What is it like playing at a place like Allegiant Stadium? I know it's hard to fill that up at the college, you know, at the college level, and UNLV's got to get a following, but still, what's that like? Um, really, it's, it's an amazing experience to be able to play in Allegiant, you know, um, just to have that uh, experience of playing in an NFL stadium alone is great. And to have one, have a stadium like that as your home stadium, not just any regular NFL stadium, you know, um, one of the best out there, if not the best. So it's, it's definitely a great experience. Obviously, you are not someone who is a transfer. You're someone who's been here. Uh, in today's college sports, the transfer portal is always big, right? And it's big for you guys. Not only do you guys have a new head coach, right, Doug, but a lot of the key guys that are going to be yeah. part of your offense are guys that have transferred in. Obviously, Ricky transferred in last year from Michigan State. Uh, on your wide receiving core, you've got Seneca also out there who is a transfer this year. You've got uh, yes, Vincent, yes, Vin, yeah, Vincent Davis on your, on your, in your backfield uh, is a transfer also from Pittsburgh. And, of course, even, even Jalen on your offensive line is a transfer as well, too. It, it, is, it is a important thing, right, Doug, to kind of develop – chemistry in camp given that you have a lot of guys that just weren't here and that but but they still have experience they're still upperclassmen and they still bring something to the table I got to believe that you know a big key to your success this year is going to be you guys being able to kind of gel together in training camp this year yeah definitely 100 percent you know a major component of playing good on the field together is having a bond off the field you know so um one thing we really focused on this year was like getting the team together and being tight on and off the field, just doing a relationship since we did have so many new guys and so many returning guys that will play key components this year. Yeah, that, that go ahead, played. I'm sorry, go ahead. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. Yeah, it's a fact. Last night at T-Mobile Arena, Terrence Bud Crawford became the first ever undisputed welterweight champion in the four-belt era. Does this make him the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet? Chris, what do you think? I don't know if you got a chance to see the fight. I watched the highlights. He just got manhandled. And, you know, they were talking about this is the fight of the century. These two guys both undefeated. You know, the crazy thing is, is, uh, um, you know, uh, Spence Jr. had never been even knocked down in yeah. a fight. Twice in this fight, and if you looked at him when they finally stopped the fight in the ninth round, he was he was beaten silly. Yeah, Terrence Crawford 
by far and away the best fighter on the planet right now. Like it's not even close how how much better than everyone else he is. It's good for boxing, but you know the, the like I didn't even see a lot of marketing now. I'm, I'm, you know, you and like I, we're, we're in the business where we have a lot of friends who cover the fight game. So for us, we, we know things a little bit more, but like, I didn't even see a whole lot of marketing for this. You know, it's like, this is the fight of the year and it's not a heavyweight fight. That's and the and that, that's the part that sucks about, about boxing. You need, you need an American heavyweight. And yeah. unfortunately, Deontay Wilder is not that guy. That's it. It's they're like, not. They're not going to. Unfortunately, they're not going to look at Bud like they did Money Mayweather. They're just not. No, and, uh, and and you know, let's be frank. UFC's kicking their ass. No, no question about it. Listen, we're out of time. Women's soccer again, one one and zero. Oh. Uh, they play Tuesday against Portugal, and again, Dennis Rodman's daughter, Trinity Rodman. Great special on her today on ESPN. Make sure you check it out. Aviators try to end three game losing streak, and Max Scherzer traded to the Ragers. Wow. Trust me, Justin Verlander's out of New York next. What is wrong with the Mets? We'll talk more about that next week. I'm Brian Feldman. Want to thank Chris Magnum Chapman behind the wheels of steel. And, of course, wouldn't know what to do without Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski in the green room. We're back next week, 8 o'clock. Or, no, two weeks. No show next week, two weeks.